Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. Hey, do you need a financial coach? If so, let's work together. As a coach, I help you get structure around your finances, visualize your ideal life, whatever that looks like for you, and more importantly, put together a strategy to help you get there. A lot of people hire me because they want to pay off debt faster and more efficiently and boost up their savings or increase their credit score, and those are all awesome goals. Financial coaching just helps you because I hold you accountable the entire way. Yeah, for better or worse, we're kind of like we're married. So if you want to take the podcast concepts that you're learning here and apply those to your life with my help, then you need to apply for coaching at WhitneyHanson.com slash customized dash coaching. Once again, that's WhitneyHanson.com slash customized dash coaching. I am so stoked to work with you and help you reach your financial goals. I think one of the most frustrating feelings maybe ever is when you feel unmotivated. It's that feeling where you know you should be doing more, you know you can be doing more, but you just don't seem to have that oomph to like get it going again. So today I'm going to share some of my favorite tips that will help you work through that lack of motivation, get yourself back on track and start to push forward so that you are becoming your normal, usual self, whatever that looks like for you. Now, these are all things that I too struggle with from time to time. I think I've noticed for me personally, I go through periods of lack of motivation about every quarter. It's very fascinating. I don't know why, but about every three months, I go through this little funk where I just feel like I don't want to do anything. I just want to sleep. I don't want to get out of bed yet. I want to not think about anything. I just want to binge Netflix. Like this shows up for me in lots of different ways, but I know for a lot of people, this is a very common thing too, where you go through these periods of just feeling unmotivated. And sometimes it's really hard to like get yourself back into it. Now, there are plenty of things you can do to help yourself get motivated again. These are just some things that I think help me personally and might help you too. So let's go ahead and dive into the first thing you can do to help yourself get back on track. And that is to start with small tasks. 
what I want you to do is I want you to not focus on all of the things that you need to get done, but I want you to take one specific task and I want you to break it down into even smaller, more manageable ones. Now, the reason why this is so helpful is because I have found that a lot of times when I feel unmotivated, it's because I have so much crap on my to-do list that I don't even want to think through what I have to do next and all the things that need to be done. And I have to respond to this email, but now I'm behind on it. There's just all those things where it's like our brain will just feel like it is racing. When it does that, I think that's a good sign that it's time to slow down just a hair. And the way to do that is to take that big task and break it into those smaller steps. It helps you build momentum. It helps you get back started. And it really is a good way to go. So let's put this to practice of exactly how this would look. So I have a really cheap like dollar notebook and I've been using this system and it seems to work pretty well for me. So what I'll do is I will have on one side all of the tasks that I have to get done for that week. Now, this is stuff like truly everything. If I have a dentist appointment, I will put that on the list. If I have to do some meal prepping, I'll put that on the list. If I have to respond to an email, I will put that on the list. Like it's truly every little thing that I have to get done in work and my personal life over the course of that week. And then what I'll do, that's on one side of the page. On the other side of the page, I will have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll just like write M. T, you know, you get the idea. And I'll just list all of that stuff out on the notebook. And what I'll do is I will look at my calendar, my Google calendar. I'll look at the task list and I will start to assign some of those tasks to this specific day. So maybe on Monday, what I'm working on is a newsletter prep. And maybe on Monday, I am working on the podcast episode. And then on Tuesday, it might be calls for most of the day. And so then it might be something where it's like, I have to work on a blog post or create three new TikTok videos. It's very, very specific, small things that will help me get to that next level. Now, the other thing too, is like when I'm putting these on my, my calendar for the day, I'm not putting things on there that are like, write the blog post. It is very specific tasks. Like if the blog post is your bigger picture task, what you're going to do is you're going to break that down. So first you might need to draft the content and then you might need to write down three different titles for the blog post that are clickable and interesting. And then from there, you're going to draft out the blog post. And then once you draft out the blog post, you have to edit it. Then you have to create images for the blog post. And then you have to schedule those images on Pinterest or whatever. And then you have to, you, do you see what I mean? So that's how you're going to start to break that portion down. So it's not just like write a blog post. It's create three topics that I can write a blog post on. Brainstorm that. So that's how that can look. And it really does help because it really takes that pressure off of having to do all the things all at once. And it can be really heavy sometimes. So when you take that one task and you break it down into very, very small micro steps, it really does help you beat that overwhelm. Now, from a financial standpoint, the way that this can look too is sometimes it's like when we think about all the things we need to do in our finances, it's good to just write that down, similar concept, write it down, and it will basically be just a running list of all the things you need to get done in your finances. That could be things like I need to call my cell phone insurance company to see if there's any promos that I'm not getting currently. I need to call my internet company and tell them I need a lower rate, see if they have any promos there. It could be things like I need to look at my debt balance. I need to make a phone call to the student loan provider to see how much my student loan payment will be when this stuff kicks back in. All of these things are really, really important. It could even be something as simple as I want to create a paycheck breakdown for my next paycheck and list out which bills I'm going to pay from that paycheck. 
this is the kind of stuff that we have to do. And when you look at, I have to get my finances in order as a whole, it does feel really heavy. It feels very, very overwhelming. And you sit there and you think about it and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get all this stuff done because you're looking at the laundry list instead of the very small actionable step. Now your laundry list might take you a couple weeks to get through it. That is okay. I think it's important for you just to write it down because that takes that pressure off of your brain trying to remember all the things, which leads to more overwhelm and therefore lack of motivation. So that's the first step is just start with the small tasks. Now, the next thing I like to do to kind of beat that unmotivation feeling, unmotivation, unmotivated feeling is to set achievable goals. Now, this is important because so often when we feel that pressure, we set these goals that are maybe other people's goals or your family or your friends or your coworkers or your partners, and they aren't true to you. Now, what that looks like longer term is you feel very out of your element, you feel out of your league, and you feel like it's impossible for you to accomplish certain things. Let's put an example to this. Let's say everybody in your life has a job that pays, I don't know, we'll say $110,000. That's how much all of your friend group is making. And you are making $55,000. Now you're looking at it, you're going to dinner with your friends, and they're all talking about their jobs and how much money they have. And and it's really sad because you, you're looking around, and you're like, what the crap? What's wrong with me? Why can't I make that much money? And so you set a goal of saying, I'm going to make $110,000. And what happens when we start to set these goals, if, if it's not realistic to you, now realistic to you, meaning you believe in the goal yourself. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible for you to accomplish that. It definitely is. I have seen people go from 55,000 to over six figures in income. But the issue is most of the time that jump is so large that we don't believe it is possible for ourselves. And so that's why it's so important to just step back a little bit and set a realistic and achievable goal. What's something you can fathom? Maybe your goal is making 75000 which is $20,000 more than where you currently are. So that's going to require a little bit of effort, maybe some new skills, some new certifications. It's going to require a conversation with your boss. All of that stuff is very uncomfortable, but 75000 is a little bit easier to swallow than 110000 And so I think that's a really key piece is just because you see other people accomplishing these goals and saying it's realistic for them, if you don't fully believe that it's realistic for yourself yet, you're going to have a really big issue and you're going to struggle with your finances often. And so I think setting those realistic and achievable goals for yourself is the key piece. This also gives you a sense of direction and purpose. I like to think through my goals in quarterly, yearly, and five-year timeframes. I very rarely go beyond 10 years because Whitney 10 years ago would not have wanted the same things Whitney today wants. And so because we change so much a decade in the future, that's a tough one to, to plan for. You know, it doesn't give you any flexibility for you to change your mind for new technologies to come out and maybe pivot the way you approach things. It's just a little bit too rigid. And so because of that, I don't like to do 10 year goals. I like to do five years on the high end. And even that sometimes I find is a little bit far fetched because even five years from now, shoot, man, you're probably a totally different person than you were five years ago. And so I think that's why it's so important to just really be realistic with those one-year goals and then break that down into quarterly. Now, ideally, your five-year goals are the bigger picture of where what direction you want your life to head. And then from there, you can start to say, okay, well, here's my mile markers. I have to be at this point by year one, at this point by year two. And we're setting these, these guide marks, these mileposts, 
based on what's realistic and what you start to believe. And so sometimes that first step of getting to that first mile post where you actually can earn that extra money, start that business you've always dreamed about, pay off that debt once and for all, that first mile marker might need to be a little bit smaller because we don't fully believe in ourselves yet. We don't have the confidence in ourselves because confidence comes from competence and competence comes from experience. So when we don't have that experience or that proof that we can accomplish these things, we don't believe it's possible for us. So you have to almost earn that confidence every day with these little micro wins. And that's where we start to build up our confidence and where our goalposts start to switch and it starts to get a little bit bigger. You can challenge yourself more. You believe that you can accomplish bigger things because now you have that proof that you have done it in the past. But sometimes that first step is really hard to believe in yourself if you don't have that confidence in yourself yet, and you earn that over time. So that was a long-winded way of saying set more realistic and achievable goals for yourself, and that's going to guide you. Now, the next thing I like to do to beat that lack of motivation is get organized. I find that so often just like clutter in my house. If my garage is a mess, if my office is a mess, if my house is a mess, if my brain is a mess, meaning it's all cluttered and I don't have everything prioritized and written down, all of that stuff can make me feel so overwhelmed. And frankly, it just kind of makes me want to hide into a corner and just not come out until I get a nap, (laughs) which is totally appropriate sometimes. But all of this to say getting organized is such a great way to go. And I know we kind of talked about that organization piece in step one, which is starting with those smaller tasks. But I think getting organized can be a much bigger project if you allow it to be. What I have found in my own life is anytime my house is cluttered, or my car is a mess, or my computer desktop is a mess, that is generally a very good reflection of how I'm feeling in that moment. Now, there's sometimes where it's like, it's just not a priority. Like when we were working on the dome, I would come home, throw some tools in my garage, and my garage was a total mess. And you know what? I didn't care at that time because I'm like, this is not my priority to think through organizing my garage right now. I got to get this dome up and running and making money. That was a bigger priority for me. And so sometimes it's not a priority, but I think when you feel like, okay, I can breathe a little bit, I can feel this weighing heavy on myself, I'm going to start tackling this, then that's where you start to get organized with your to-do lists, prioritizing your tasks and creating a schedule for yourself. The schedule piece I want to focus on a little bit more. I actually find that when I feel the most unmotivated, now this is just me personally, you might be totally different, but when I find myself feeling that way the most is when my daily schedule is totally out of whack. It's when I'm not waking up at a very specific time or it's when I'm not getting enough sleep, or it's when I'm first thing in the morning getting on TikTok or Instagram and just doing that daily scroll. Then pretty soon it's 10 in the morning and I'm like, what the crap? I didn't get anything done. What's going on? And so whenever I don't have that clear schedule, that very, very structured plan, that's when I start to feel the most unmotivated. It's really weird. And I know I'm not alone with this either. I hear this all the time too. When we have structure in our day, we actually feel accomplished because we are accomplishing stuff. A lot of us crave that flexibility and we want to be able to do whatever we want, whenever we want. And that's okay too. But if you don't have some parameters and some guidelines around that day, that time blocking, what can happen is you can either not work enough 
or you can work too long. And pretty soon it's like your day continues on to like 8 or 9 p.m. And you're like, oh my gosh, here we are again. What's going on? Or you are like what I was talking about earlier. You're getting on your phone and you aren't even starting your day till 10 a.m. And then pretty soon you're not accomplishing anything. Now that is not a good way to live longer term because it's really hard to feel good about yourself when you don't feel like you're being productive. I really do believe that us as humans, we want to be productive. We want to feel like we're contributing. We want to feel like our impact in our work matters. And it's really, really hard to feel that way when you don't feel like you're producing much of anything. And so sometimes it's getting organized within your day and your structure and eating lunch at your specific time, waking up at a specific time, going to bed on a specific time, getting that very clear structure around your day can often make you feel a little bit more motivated over the course of a week. It really does make a difference. And I've tested this in my own life. Every time I don't have that schedule, I feel like a total blob. And that leads me to my next tip for getting some motivation back, and that is to take breaks. Sometimes you have to use this one kind of carefully, but there's almost two approaches to this. If you've been going really crazy hard and you are just exhausted from a project at work or maybe a home remodel or whatever the heck you're doing, your business, you're just exhausted. You've been going really, really hard. Taking a break can sometimes help you recharge and come back to your work with a new renewed energy. I find that I'm the most creative when I come back from vacation. It's because I wasn't thinking about work. And so now I have all this like creativity and this freedom, and I'm just excited to get back to work again. So sometimes taking breaks can be a really good thing. Now on the flip side, the other portion of taking breaks is actually not necessarily going on a vacation or taking a break from that perspective, sometimes it's simple breaks like staying off of social media, having stronger boundaries within you and your screen time. For me personally, I have noticed a direct correlation towards my motivation levels and my screen time usage. So if my screen time is just getting crazy, I've been scrolling the news, I'm checking my email, I'm on all the social media apps or whatever the heck, Reddit, you name it then what I've noticed is that my motivation tends to be so much lower. And it makes sense because we feel a little bit of that mental fatigue. Social media is designed to get us to consume. It's designed to keep our attention. And keeping attention on something for longer than even 5-10 minutes sometimes can start to really get you kind of tired, you know? And so when you're on social media, it's very slowly draining your energy because our brain is focusing on whatever's on our screen. And therefore, it's not focusing on the things that move the needle in our lives. It's taking away from our energy in a really negative way. And so I find that sometimes, yes, taking that break means stepping away from work for a bit, going on a vacation, but it also means completely unplugging and having healthier boundaries between you and your screen time. And if you haven't looked at your screen time on your phone, do that. I find this to be absolutely disappointing. Actually, every time I look at it, I'm like, how the heck do I spend that much time on my phone and why? It's insane. And so anytime you want to get a little bit more motivated, just put some more distance between you and some of these things that take away too much energy. Now, the next tip to get motivated a little bit more is to seek inspiration. I personally get most of my inspiration from being outdoors and in nature. And I really do believe that I'm not really a super religious person, but I am a spiritual person. And so I do like the idea of just being in nature and enjoying God or the universe or whatever you want to call it. That 
connection piece. And I think so often we're missing that because we are so busy and we're always go, go, go. And it's so, if you ever go walk anywhere, like even in a parking lot, I promise you, you're going to see majority of people head down looking at their screen. Very few people are actually even being in nature when they are in nature. And I think that's a really sad thing. It it really bums me out. There's actually a book that I read on Audible. It was called The Three-Day Effect. And I thought the the book itself was really interesting. It was basically taking people from a very busy lifestyle in New York and taking them to this like almost nature-y kind of backpacking style adventure where they had to unplug. They couldn't get on their phone. They couldn't, they just had to be connected to nature and with the other people there. And what they found is after three days three full days of being completely disconnected from the busy everyday life and with our phones, it was enough for people to feel more at peace. And that is so sad that we're so connected that we hurt ourselves and our peace. But I mean, shoot, I'm guilty of this too. I'm constantly on my phone. I'm constantly on the go. I very rarely am just like going for a walk and not listening to a podcast even. And so what I find is for me, when I feel very unmotivated, I have to go for a walk and I have to leave my phone at home. I have to be completely unplugged and just observe, listen to the birds chirp, look at the clouds, be connected with nature, feel the freezing cold air in my lungs. Like that kind of stuff is what we need. I really do believe that. And so I think that when you're needing inspiration, get your butt outside, go for a walk, completely unplug and just observe nature around you. It is really a powerful thing and very underutilized. Now, the next piece of seeking inspiration is I think you have to get very clear on what works for you. So for some people, that's motivational quotes. Maybe you are one of those sticky note people and you put all of these inspirational quotes all over your mirror, on your fridge, in your car, on your computer. You just have motivation everywhere. And for some people that works, for others it doesn't. So that's why I say you have to know kind of what works for you and who you are. And the other thing too that I find is I get so much inspiration from other people. I very rarely feel super triggered by other people's awesome stories. When I hear people pay off a ton of debt or they build up a very powerful business making, you know, $250,000 a month, I'm not looking at that and saying, oh my gosh, that's so great for them, but that will never happen for me. I've kind of retrained my brain to follow that jealousy if that's what comes up first and say, that's really interesting. Why am I feeling this way in the moment and kind of pulling that thread to see what comes out. And usually what comes out of why we feel jealous or inspired by people, it's the same emotions. We're seeing that and we're like, what the heck? I want that life. It's pulling something up for you. And I find that jealousy is often very often a good indicator of that's something that you truly want for yourself. And so exploring that and changing it, reframing it from I'm jealous and I don't want them to have that success into that is so crazy that they accomplished that. I can find some inspiration from that too. What I find is most people, we're all kind of the same, right? There's some people that are total weirdos and they were just like on their own level. But for most of us, we're very average, normal people. And because of that, I find that to be really inspiring because if I find somebody else who's just very average and normal, just like me, but they're accomplishing other things, 
what I'm doing is I'm starting to observe what are they doing that's different than me? How are they showing up in their life that I'm not? That's how I start to approach this so that it doesn't come from a place of spite or jealousy. It might initially, but it can be turned into motivation if you're very strategic with the way that you approach it and you're willing to explore those feelings behind it. So seeking inspiration, again, comes in many different forms for many different people, but I find it most in other people and observing what's working for them and nature personally. Now, the next tip for helping you feel a little bit more motivated again is to find accountability. I'm going to be a little bit different when I say accountability here. I actually find that if you're not in the right state of mind and you ask for accountability when you aren't starting to feel kind of motivated, so maybe you're taking some of these other tips first and you're getting some results and you're like, okay, I'm feeling slightly back to normal, but I'm not there yet. Then I would lean on accountability. But what I find so often is if you ask for accountability too soon, and these people do hold you accountable, but you're not actually feeling at all motivated, what that can do is actually the reverse effect. I have found that it often can make you feel worse about yourself. You have somebody that's like, hey, how are you doing with your diet? What's going on there? You said you were going to drink half a gallon of water every day. How much water have you drank so far? And you're looking at it and it's 4 p.m. You're like, I I drank one cup of water. Like I'm kind of sucking. And so sometimes those accountability pieces, if you aren't starting to get some motivation back into your life, can actually do the reverse effect. And so I do find that accountability is incredibly important. Having a mentor, a coach, an accountability partner, whatever it is that you need is really smart and very strategic at the right time. But I wouldn't introduce that too soon. I would lean on some of those other things first. And then that can start to be a little bit more helpful. I don't know. Maybe this is just me. Again, this is like I'm sharing all this stuff from my own perspective, but I do find that accountability too soon can actually be demotivating. And this leads me to the last tip for finding motivation, and that is to celebrate your accomplishments. These are often accomplishments that people overlook. And I want you to really get good about keying into the cool things that you're doing, no matter how small they might be. I see this as a coach too, when I'm working with people on their finances. And let's say you have a credit card debt that has a $600 balance and you were able to pay that off. And it didn't take you a ton of time. It wasn't a really difficult, you don't have to side hustle for five years to pay it off. Like it was just a little extra adjusting in your budget. Instead of celebrating that, a lot of times I see people diminishing that, like almost beating themselves up for accomplishing this really great thing. And they're like, well, yeah, but I, I, I was going to pay that off regardless. I don't give a shit. Still celebrate it. And part of my French, but honestly, still celebrate all of those little things because they matter so much. You invested for the first time. You opened up a Roth IRA. That is freaking awesome. Go celebrate that. Don't diminish that just because it doesn't seem like a big deal to you. I mean, really, truly, if you break down all the big deals in our life, it's just a series of small steps. And so being able to celebrate those small steps is so key. Now, here's the other important piece when you're celebrating your accomplishments. I really want you to remember that no matter how excited you are about your accomplishments, you cannot expect other people to be equally as excited. Now, here's the thing. I read a quote today and I thought it was so on par. I don't remember the exact quote, but I know the gist of it. And the gist of it was if you're expecting other people to be supportive of you 
and very excited about your accomplishments, you're going to be disappointed because most people don't even support themselves. Damn, right? That is such a good quote and such a good reminder that often we are all struggling and we all struggle in silence. It's really too bad, but we're all going through some crap. And so most of us are so focused on our own crap that we can't stick our head out of our pile to see what's going on with other people. And when we see other people having a better time than us, sometimes we're like, sheesh, this sucks even more. So most people are not going to celebrate your accomplishments like you will celebrate your accomplishments. And that's why it's so key that you start to really practice being proud of yourself for the small stuff. You stuck to your schedule fully for one day, celebrate that. You went to the grocery store and you didn't buy all the extra crap and you only bought what was on your list, celebrate that. Those small wins compound over time and give you the big accomplishments. And I think it's so important to remind yourself of that. If you need a book that helps with that too, there is a phenomenal book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Highly, highly recommend that one. It essentially takes all of this concepts that we've been talking about and explodes it into a huge way. And it is so powerful. That's one of my favorite books. And it was one of the ones that I first got into with personal development and still resonates with me. Those small things that you do every single day, they compound over time. The small things that you skip every day also compound over time. It's not the one time you went to the store and swiped your credit card that gets you in trouble. It's doing that often. That's what gets you in trouble. It's the compound effect there. So that is what I'd like to leave you with. It's very normal to feel unmotivated, and it's very typical for all of us to go through funks. This is part of being human. It's part of the human experience. But ultimately, we have a choice of whether we stay in this feeling of being unmotivated and losing our power, or we can start to take it back with very, very small micro actions. And I think those micro actions over time do get you back on track. It doesn't prevent you from feeling unmotivated. That would be a damn lie if I told you that never happens again. We all go through this stuff. It's just to get you back on track and get you feeling good about yourself again. I would love to hear from you. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, tag me on Instagram. I'm at Whitney underscore Hanson underscore co. And let me know that you are listening in. And more importantly, let me know which of these tips you're going to be taking action on immediately. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you're having a great week and I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. Bye.